We're living in the age of podcasting, which also means the age of podcast networks with large back catalogs, long-running series, limited programming, and even cross-network collaborations. How are publishers supposed to keep this all organized? With Spreaker, of course. Spreaker's customizable publisher plan lets you organize your content exactly how you want it and gives you enough pod tech tools to monetize the largest back catalogs. If you're into premium offerings for subscribers, check out Spreaker's customized RSS feed to upload and schedule exclusive content with ease. Or use our campaign manager to manage different campaigns from one central platform. Once your podcast business gets big enough, you can even add multiple networks to one account and collaborators assigned to each one. That helps keep the true crime series away from the comedy podcast. And make sure you get the advertisements that will resonate the most with your listeners. So let's move from the age of podcasting to the age of the podcast network with Spreaker. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Voice of the People USA Radio. This is your host, Dan Spurgwell, the president and founder of Voice of the People USA. And here we are, another show, another day, another week. Whatever. How's everybody else doing out there? Hopefully well. For those of you that are listening and tuning in, and for those of you who catch us later on podcast, thank you for giving us a chance, and thank you for actually listening and caring. Appreciate it. All right. So, what I spoke about last week, before I get into anything else, just want to update and let everybody know that legal proceedings are in the process of going forward. And we are officially filing lawsuit against the city of San Antonio, Texas. So needs to be done. Sometimes you gotta you gotta rise above and do what you gotta do because there's no other way. And this is one of those instances where we had no other choice. So for the city of San Antonio, Texas, the city officials there and their illegal loving mayor, want to thank them for the lawsuit that's about to be brought upon them because. Political agendas aside, when you try to squelch people's constitutional rights, you run into a little bit of a problem. So, oh well, nevertheless. I want to also say that we received a lot of emails and a lot of people reaching out about the Alamo rally that was supposed to happen on, well, this Sunday. And, excuse me, for the most part, everybody's been really understanding and supportive, and I thank you. And that means a lot to me. And really, I think more disappointment, but it seems that everybody understands, everybody gets what actually went down there. And for that, I'm appreciative. And for my friend, Dan Amato, did this realm for also put the story out there, for Sons of Liberty guys, for Wendy Gumper, everybody put the story out telling what went down, what happened, and about the event being unfortunately postponed. You know, I, I do appreciate it. doesn't really give right to the other schmucks of the world to throw their two cents in. And I say schmucks, I mean other group leaders and other other groups around the country that are opposed to illegal immigration and, you know, the ones that like to sit at home and make phone calls and talk about solving all the world's problems but actually doing nothing. They, they seem to like to be troublesome. They like to, you know, send out emails and make phone calls to people, telling people that, you know, we're unprofessional and don't know what we're doing and, you know, the rally's not going to happen, even before, you know, everything went down. Just because they 
like the fact that other people can go out there and take people's money and go out and actually successful events, people drive. So let me reconfirm and really remind everybody that for all those groups out there that want to put on a good face for everybody and pretend like you're, you know, you got everybody's back and you're ultra-supportive of the cause in the American way and giving people the right to protest and to stand up and speak out, very, very soon I'm going to compile a list of all of you and I'm going to do what I've always done and talk about you publicly because I have nothing to lose and nothing to gain. These individuals that claim to be all about the people and all about supporting all of you out there that are upset and angry want to talk about things and what have you, they thrive and exist because of your donations, because of your money. But do they operate in your best interest? No. All they seem to continuously try to do is put down others that go out there and actually do things without robbing the people. So for all of them, please know that nothing has changed. I see through the facade and the fakeness, and soon everybody that listens to this show and the radio show and the America Rising show are going to be reminded constantly and consistently of who you are and what you're truly about because people deserve to know the truth. People deserve to know that these people out there that claim to be about you, they're not really. And I don't mean because they won't come and uh, be a part of an event that we put on. I can care less about that. I don't have a fragile eagle. Ego. Eagle. Oh, my God. Please forgive me. We're working out little kinks here. <laughs> anyway, but for all these individuals, their egos are the ones that I'm concerned about because they just continue to do things in the name of all of you. They get rich off it. None of us, none of our lives change, and they claim some sort of uh, fabled victory or some crap, and I really don't understand that, but all of them out there, thank you for your animosity and your negativity because it's that that really spawned me to do what I started doing three years ago and what keeps me going. All the people out there with the positive comments and the words of support and encouragement and the people that see through for what it is and know that voice of the people doesn't necessarily cancel rallies. It's not something that we're used to doing. This has been one instance and it's in one place at the Alabama. Big surprise but they've stopped us how many times now? This time, they stopped us temporarily. Eventually, we will march on the Alamo. And it's going to happen whether they like it or not, because those are our rights. And who the hell are they to try to take them away from us? So, the other groups now, shame on you. And going back to that, I've got to also talk about, and I'm not going to make this show focus about illegal immigration, just so you all know because it's something that I spoke about briefly the other day on the America Rising show that was important and something that we're going to be joined today by, is probably later on in the show, is Ruth Miller, who is a citizen activist and one of the absolute best when it comes down to research and finding out everything about anything. Her and Dan Digger Amato are two people that if you want to know the truth, you go to them. You want to know the whole story, you go to them because they'll find it. And they have no vested interest. Only, they care only about America. They care about our sovereignty, our rights, all of us out there. And they care enough to dedicate their lives, their time to putting the truth out there and talking about the things that need to be addressed. And 
one of the things we're going to address today, and this is something that's very pivotal, it's pivotal and very important, and it's going pretty, pretty much unspoken about, is the United Nations Agenda Number 21. Now, I just recently learned about this myself. I, I you know, I'm not going to lie. Ruth Miller and Dan Amato are actually the two that told me about it and been educating me, and I've been doing some homework and some research on that and finding out all the good stuff about Agenda 21. Do you want to talk about a root or the core of the cancer that is really destroying our country? This is one of the biggest parts and the biggest elements of it, and nobody is addressing it. There's some out there, obviously. I'm not, uh, um, it's false to me to say nobody. But to put it into perspective, what you'll learn about later is the fact that there's a group, or a website anyway, or something along those lines, of Democrats against Agenda 21. Openly admitted progressive Democrats opposed to this. So you can only imagine what the conservatives think. Independents, everyone and anyone. This is something that affects all of us, not just in America, but across the world. It's truly a scary, scary thing. And I assure you, it, when you hear, if you, if you haven't heard about it before, and it may sound a little bit conspiracy theorist or whatever, but we don't dwell on that. We don't waste our time talking about, you know, the conspiracies and what could be or what may be really going on. We only talk about things that are actually going on and actually in place. And this Agenda 21 has been in place since the early 90s. So believe me, there is something really, really big happening, and it's time to start focusing and going after these people, starting in your own hometowns, your cities, your counties, your states, because it is just absolutely absurd. But we'll get to that shortly. All right. So what's next? No, that's right. I wanted to go back to what I was saying before and explain, not that anybody really needs it, but I say for a Tea Party activist, for somebody like myself and the people that I work with, you know, regular everyday folks that go out and stand up and hold events and attend rallies and do whatever we can, go to town hall meetings, whatever the case it may be, I mean, all of us out there that just go and do this just because we care enough, I think that we're the ones that are, and I don't even know how to really describe it, but we have enough groups out there that send out emails and tell you what you should do and how you should do it and how much money you should send them and how much of this and how much of that and how much you give them, give them, so they can take and take and take and take. And most of it is... <laughs> Most of it comes down to just absolute BS, and it's crap. So some of us out there just want to stop talking about it and actually go out there and start doing something. And that's why we exist. That's what we're about. That's what we've been about now since 2007, going out there holding events, even though it's not popular and it's not the, the in thing to do. You do it because you see a problem, and you see that something needs public attention brought to it. So you go out there you do it. You don't talk about it. You make it happen. Come hell or high water. Then you have other groups that are out there that, be it illegal immigration, be it other political issues, whatever, they're notorious for sending out their emails and, <clears throat> excuse me, 
telling you what's going on, then telling you how you should respond via call or via fax to your congressman or your senator. And then, of course, they hit you up for money. And then at the bottom of the email, they tell you what you should say if you should make a phone call. If you call your congressman's office, this is what you need to say. This is how you need to say it. This is who you should mention. This is who you shouldn't mention. This is what you should get into. This is what you shouldn't get into. And then at the end, give us money. All right. Does anybody else out there see that as completely disrespectful and just pathetic? I mean, how stupid naive do you think that we all are out there, that we have to wait, we have to sit idly by anticipating an email from a group to go out there and tell us, something's wrong in our country, and this is how we get fixed it, going through them. And we have to say what they tell us to say because they said so. Come on. That right there shows a blatant disrespect to every single one of us out there. They send you that type of crap. It shows they don't give a damn about you. They don't think you're smart enough to do it yourself. They're not, they're not trying to make it easier. They're just trying to boast their own egos. They're trying to get their own name out there and act like they're the kingpins of something and, and somehow, I, I don't even know what you would call it, but they're some form of gods. And they're nothing. They're pathetic. I mean, I don't need to be told what I need to say. We all have eyes, okay? We all live in America, and we're all very aware of what's going on. I think so, anyway. But who the hell am I, right? So, no, there is no UN on Mars. <laughs> That's from the chat room. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. There's so much stuff that goes on. There's so much, so many issues out there that are popping up every day and this and that, you know, and, and you try to pick one or two to talk about, and it's hard. There's no way of not jumping around and going back and forth because there's so many things. And then you have the ones out there that are supposedly fighting against all these things that are wrong in the country, but while doing so, they're taking advantage of all of us out there. I mean, you can't give them a free pass. You can't just let them go, let them off the hook, so to speak. No. Had to be better than that. Had to call these people out. So that's, that's at least where I'm coming from anyway, but... Again, who am I? I'm a conservative community organizer. I'm a nobody and I'm a nothing. I hold events. I talk about common sense things, and a lot of people get it, and a lot of people refuse to get it, and a lot of people don't get it. You know, you have an even feel out there. Nevertheless, something that I've always said and that I adhere to is the fact that I respect everybody's right to have differences of opinion. Now, they don't think the way I think. That's fine. If they don't feel the way I feel, that's fine. We can disagree, but we can also debate intelligently. We can also talk about where our disagreements lie. And, <laughs> you know, we need to we need to come together as one collective unit. And, and David Allen there on the chat room, I am totally with you. What he just put out there is we don't have to listen to any group. But our side does need to organize. The progressives have hundreds of moveon.orgs and the Center for American Politics. Uh, progress, yes. You're exactly right. That's something that we do need for our side. And what our side is, I don't even know how to, pr how to properly label that. 
because I've seen a lot of people out there, even Democrats that support something that we're holding an event for or whatever, and they feel like they feel like they're the odd ones out or something. I'm not about that. I'm about everybody coming together because we're American citizens. We see something wrong. We're going out and doing something because we care about what's going on. We want to make things better. Shut up with the BS. Shut up with the whole, this is my group, this is my event. You're not invited to it because you don't subscribe to my train of thought. You don't subscribe to what I have to say, so you're not welcome. Everybody is welcome. Obviously, yeah. We don't buy into the whole hatred, extremism crap or whatever, the, the racist thing, though they call us that quite often. That's not my cup of tea. They have the right to their own beliefs, but, you know, unfortunately, some of them, they just, they don't get it, you know? And people sometimes have, in, you know, beliefs in their head that they just are so drilled into them, they don't know any better. Well, I pray for them. And I wish them the very best because one day they'll wake up and realize it's not a race issue. It's, it's not even a political party issue. It's the fact that people with bigger agendas than just political foundations or whatever are out here trying to manipulate, to manipulate and also to detract us from figuring out and dealing with what's actually going on in the United States of America. Yeah, we could talk about the rest of the world as well, which, again, the Agenda 21 thing does incorporate other nations. But I'm also one of those people where I have to say that I don't care about the rest of the world. I care about our country. And that's something else. That's a whole other thing to get into. But America is the most giving and generous nation in the whole world. But the more we give, the more other countries take, and what do we have to show for it? You know, when we have... You know, when there's earthquakes in Haiti and, you know, wherever else, yeah, it's a tragedy. It's a natural disaster, okay? How many Haitian military people or um, Indonesian with tidal wave and a tsunami from years ago, why, do all these people come in and give us aid when Florida gets hit with hurricanes or New Orleans gets hit, hit with hurricanes or California? faces earthquakes and there's damage and everything else, what other country comes in and helps us? Am I missing something here? Do they have international relief efforts going on and fundraising and food drives and everything else to help all of us in America? No. They don't care. They simply use what we offer. And we offer foreign countries, we offer assistance to all these other nations when they face crisis, and they give us something in return. But we do this while our country is in crisis. Our people in this nation are living on the streets. Not all of them are there by choice. Veterans coming home, not having benefits, not having work. Not, I mean, there's something wrong there, people. Seriously. So I'm tired of being this whole, let's, let's all hold hands across the whole world and, Together, we can solve all the world's problems. Let's solve our own problems first. Reminds me back to a, was it an interesting thing that happened in 2008. In Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, we protested Vicente Fox, the former Mexican president. He was holding a, uh, some type of conference where he was speaking to people. It was like $50 a ticket, and he was promoting this new book that he is selling and all that sort of crap. Now, Vicente Fox, the former Mexican president, one of those individuals that said derogatory terms toward, you know, 
uh, blacks in America, whites in America, talking about how they should be back in chains and white or nothing. And, you know, the, the Mexican citizens, they are the true ones that hold the, the rights and the deeds to America or some ultra-philosophical crap or however the hell he put it. So there's this guy preaching basically hatred towards America, urging illegals to come here and, and rape and manipulate our system, you know, manipulate it. And now here he is in America selling his book, holding his little tour, taking your money. America's so good, but it's great when their money's involved, huh? They all want our money. So we went out and we protested him being there. Of course, we had, I don't know, there was, there was various groupings of counter-protesters, but one of my friends in media, of course, because I am not a fan of the media, please please believe that. I despise about 99% of all of them, but came up and said that, so you're trying to deny Vicente Fox his freedom of speech in the United States of America. A, Vicente Fox is not an American citizen. So tell me how he's entitled to that. And B, the second part of the question was, well, what's your solution to fix the problems in Mexico? My answer to that was, and nothing has changed. I could give a rat's ass about their problems there because we're too busy trying to fix and deal with our own here. American people are suffering. Why can't these people have their own rallies? have their own whatever it is to fix their own problems in their own damn countries. Why are they going to come here and bring their problems here? Why does everybody from any part of the world that comes here illegally want to come here not to be an American? They want to come here to bring their mentality, their hardship or whatever, bring it to these states, and then we have to cater to them. I mean, seriously? I believe in legal immigration because legal immigration is what built our country. People coming here the right way made America into what it is today. Italians, Irish, I mean, it just, the list goes on, German, Polish, everybody. We had so many immigrants come to America, and they came here. And you think back in the 1800s and 1900s, they had English as a second language classes. Do you think they had, you know, food stamps and special privileges for all these individuals? No. They came here and it was assimilate and go to work. But they did it. They did it because they wanted to be a part of what this country has to offer. They wanted to be a part of something better than where they were. They wanted to be a part of greatness. They wanted to be a part of the American dream. A lot of people ask, have asked me, well, you know, what's the difference between an illegal and a legal immigrant? And what's so different about our ancestors as compared to what's happening now? Our ancestors came here, and, yeah, before 1907 or whatever it is, it was a different system, blah, 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 whatever. But for the majority that came in, herded through Ellis Island, put through hell on earth, and go through the process and the steps and staying in camps and everything else, and then coming finally to the States and going to work, they did it willingly. They did it the right way. They followed the channels even back then. And they weren't guaranteed a life of grandeur and greatness. They were guaranteed a life of hard work, masonry work, iron work, whatever, coal mining. They went to work because they wanted to give back. They wanted to survive. They wanted to feed their families. 
just like all of us wanted to do. They came together as one. There was a sense of unity then. That's what built our country. That's what made us strong. These individuals now that come here illegally, be it northern border, southern border, through our coast, whatever, they don't give a damn about America. They don't care about the greatness of America. They're not coming here to contribute anything. They're coming here because they want to basically take advantage of our system. They want they want to live the American dream the best illegal way they possibly can while raping their already broken system because they know they can. Because millions upon millions of others do it every day. Because we're naive enough to give it to them. And that's what happens. So they come here. And again, this is something else too. I know I'm jumping again, but I have to bring it up. I have to bring this up. Excuse me one second here. (laughs) Anyway. Reading... I'm reading the the chat room here. So, hello. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. (laughs) I am so professional, aren't I? I'm an amateur. I'm a nobody, remember? I'm just a nothing. But anyway, okay. So, this came up on Facebook the other day. There's a a group out there, English only or English first or something like that. Basically, a group that advocates making English the official language of the United States of America. I put it out there. I hit the like button and shared it with everybody, and people are overwhelmingly on board with that. But then you get those that nobody should have English forced upon them. And how would you like it if you were forced to learn another language? Well, aren't we basically now? I mean, how many jobs out there you have to be bilingual in order to get hired? You have to be able to speak and pander and cater to somebody else and somebody else's nationality, and speak their dialect in the United States of America. Whatever happened to coming to America and becoming an American? And if they're here illegally, then part of the citizenship test requires the ability to speak, write, and comprehend the English language. So if they truly can't do that, if they can't speak this language, if they can't understand our language, then I'm not trying to be prejudiced here and prejudging anybody. But I'm sorry if I'd be led to believe that maybe you didn't come here the right way. But seriously, why is that such an issue? Why the hell is it such an issue to speak English in the United States of America? Why? This is an actual a, a debate, a debate that's gone on for years and years and years and will continue to go on for years and years and years. But no matter what. If you come out and say that I am pro-English being the official language of the United States of America, you will get chastised, you will get demonized, they're going to wake you over the coals because how dare you? How dare we what? How dare we want to have people that respect what this nation is, respect what it stands for, respect the common language since the 1700s? I mean, why do we have to constantly pander and cater? Who does that? For us, nobody. I went to Germany. I spoke German out of respect, out of respect to the country. I spent the time learning the language. I heard more people speaking English in Germany, in Switzerland, 
in Sweden than I do in the United States of America. Why? Why? That's just something that blows my mind. It's really irrelevant. But I want to touch on something I see in the chat room here about, you know, Tea Party and the Republican Party and everything else. I am a very, very conservative person. I am 100% your stereotypical, I guess, domestic terrorist, they would tell you. You know, I'm I'm pro-gun, pro-life, all that good stuff, but those are my beliefs. I've always been conservative. I've also, my entire life, been a Republican. Now, I'm sorry to say this, but the Republicans are the most, and this isn't all, this isn't all of them, but the Republican Party as it is right now are the most lucky SOBs I've ever seen in my life. They're selling us nothing new. They're saying nothing new. And their 24 or 32 page, whatever the hell it is they put out, their, their wannabe contract with America, there's nothing. There's nothing new. There's no solution to the problems. Well, eventually we could repeal. Great. Great. You talk about all the things that think tanks and your political strategists tell you to talk about. And you think that you're selling us something that we want to hear. Even with border security. They don't address that. Why address a national security issue, right? The party of national security. Republicans, ladies and gentlemen, are a very big part of the problem. Democrats are a very big part of the problem. But not at all. That's my, that's my point. Not all the Republicans are bad. Not all the Democrats are bad. We need to start focusing on what we have in common, a sense of some way, some way finding unity, finding a commonsensical approach to the problems that face our country. And if we don't do that, we are going to be screwed. Now, I got to say that, I don't know, a lot of people, a lot of people out there, okay, especially people that call themselves the Tea Party candidates, well, the Tea Party, what it stands for, the message of the, the, the original message, okay? Coming from where I'm coming from, being somebody that's, uh, you know, for immigration enforcement and things like that, you talk about fiscal responsibility, but some of the higher-ups and the powers that be in the Tea Party movement refuse to address that issue. And then Dick Army of Freedom Works is obviously 100% pro-amnesty for all eagles. He's on record of saying that one. You can't be for full fiscal responsibility if you don't want to secure our borders, you don't want to fix the problems that already existed in our country. Start being honest. Start addressing everything head on. 99.9% of the population of Tea Party activists are some of the greatest people, some of the most inspiring, some of the most motivated, just out there individuals that want to get involved, that want to step up, stand up, speak out. They want to do whatever it is they can. All of them deserve better than what the higher-ups are trying to sell them, okay? This week is some pissing match between the Tea Party Express and this Tea Party and whatever. You know what? The people don't care about who pisses who off this week. What they care about is getting to the root of the problem and fixing it. A lot of call oh, a lot of callers, a lot of people that are going to get elected to office in 2000. Everybody talks about. I, I'm sorry, I swear I said like I have ADD. 
a lot of people, all right, that are going to get elected to office in 2010 that are claiming to be about the people, that are claiming to be for the Tea Party agenda. You know what? Be about the people's agenda. 2010 is not this big election that everybody's talking about. I mean, I understand the significance of it, and I understand that it's important, and yes. But who is going to get control of I, I honestly, I could be optimistic about why I don't see Republicans getting back control of both houses. I'm sorry. Maybe the Congress, okay, but that's the solution. That's the big revolution that's going to happen. Republicans take back control of a house. Yeah, great, great. What the hell is that going to do? See, half of these individuals that are running saying that it's popular right now to be opposed to Barack Obama. It's popular to be opposed to Obamacare, which I am too, believe me. But it's popular, so I'm going to talk about it. And the team that I spent $500,000 on hiring to run my campaign, they tell me that I should talk about this because they polled it. They polled it. And these pollsters say, you need to talk about this because we'll get over with this age group. We'll get over with this demographic. We'll get over with this demographic. They're puppets. They're scripted puppets. Okay? We have a little Harvard and Yale degrees and doctors and lawyers and this and that. You know what? I'm so disgusted with this this idea, this stereotype that in order to be a congressman or a senator, you have to be a lawyer or a doctor, or you have to be this, or you have to go to the best schools. Does it say that in the Constitution? It says a legal age and an American citizen, a legal American citizen. That's it. That's it. You look at somebody like Colonel Allen West in Florida now. He's running for Congress now. There's somebody. People like him, like him, like Herman Cain, these are individuals that they're regular people. They went above and beyond. They served their country. They live in the community. They know what it is. They're speaking the truth. They're not speaking what they were taught. They're not being schooled on politics 101, you know? Poli sci. This is what's good to talk about this election cycle. No. People like that are the true everyday people that have so much to offer us as a nation. But other ones out there, they're using it. They're manipulating you. They're taking advantage of they're taking advantage of your passion. You know? That's the truth. And that's what I want to say. See, I like, I like people talking in the chat room here. I wish I could be chatting with you, but I can't do two, two things at once. I'm not that talented, sorry. <laughs> at least I'm on it. But I want to see regular, everyday people running for office. It's not too much to ask. If somebody comes out and says, hey, I was working one place for five, six, seven, eight years. I have a family. I lost my job. You know what? I, I'm fighting like hell working, you know, two, three jobs, making seven fifty an hour, $8 an hour. I don't have time to go to night school. I don't have, I don't have no fancy degrees. You know, I, I rent an apartment. You know, if somebody like that rises up and can actually feel, understand, and relate to you and I, I'm going to believe somebody like that over somebody like, throw a stone, take your pick. All right? The handful of honest candidates that are actually running for office right now, they're appreciated, and I'm not knocking them in any way. 
but the larger grouping, they are not the answer. And again, I've got to go back to one case, and I have to keep talking about this. This may not be popular, but again, I'm one person with an opinion. And if anybody knows anything differently to change my mind, please tell me. I welcome information. I welcome, you know, discussion. But Mark Rubio, i got to keep going back to Mark Rubio. I have no choice. But he's somebody that I just can't get over. Now, he was hailed as this, this great second-coming type candidate. He's going to be the answer to all the world's problems, and Mark Rubio is going to save the day, running in Florida, and he's God's gift to the world, and he's for national security, and this and that. But when Arizona went ahead with SB 1070, Mark Rubio came out and said that SB 1070 is racial profiling and borderline racist altogether, and he is 100% against what Governor Jan Brewer and State Senator Russell Pierce are doing. Okay, but you're about national security? You have a problem with a state executing its 10th Amendment rights and actually trying to do its best for the people who live in the state? Racial profiling? Where? I ain't no illegal how to race. I ain't no how to create skin color. I, I ain't know that. Somebody like that, as far as I'm concerned, and he got a pass on that, of course, because most people didn't pay attention to that. I pay attention to all those little weird, quirky things because, <clears throat> what can I say? I guess I care. But, you know, naming lights and everything, so people don't talk about that. But that bothers me. That bothers me. Because he's somebody coming out and saying, I'm the Tea Party candidate. I'm the people's choice. Really? No. You're a scripted puppet. You're nothing more than what they want you and need you to be. Okay? And then... Let's go, let's go higher up the chain here with the Republican Party. And now I've met Michael Steele a few times, actually. I really, really have always supported Michael Steele. Always liked him. I, I heard, when I heard that he was going to go for RNC chairman, I was happy because I thought for a second, maybe, maybe we'll finally get some life in the Republican Party. Maybe some common sense, some everyday approach. Okay? And what have we gotten since then? Nothing. In my everyday life, seeing people in the job I was working, you know, I see people, African-American, although I do agree with what Dr. Alan Key says, that we're Americans. Regardless of color of skin, we're Americans. We're not African-American, we're Americans. I like that. But, nevertheless, somebody said to me that I'm voting for Barack Obama because he's black like me. Now, that blew my mind, and I said, well, what does that have to do with anything? You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't understand was the response I got. All right. Now, I'm somebody who comes from a, a mixed family. I have, you know, I have, <laughs> I have African Americans in my family. I have Puerto Ricans, Jewish, everything. I, I, it's, Jewish is a religion. But anyway, you know, I come from a very multicultural makeup in my family, and I'm proud of that fact. Okay? But, Here's my problem. Here's what I'm getting at. I'm going to cut out the, the rest of the story because, God, I talk too much and I'm wasting so much time. Please, people, call in. But anyway, <laughs> um, Michael Steele had the chance to really bring the Republican Party, not bring it to a new level, really explaining what it is, explaining the history of the Republican Party. If you want to break it down and be like that, well, 
we have we have Barack Obama when he was running for president talking about Abraham Lincoln, talking about Dr. Martin Luther King. Well, Abraham Lincoln, I'm sorry, President Obama, was a Republican who went to war to free the slaves from indentured servitude, and Dr. Martin Luther King happened to be a Republican as well. Okay? So historically, this argument that was said to me and everything, it, it has no credence. The Republican Party has always been the one for everybody isn't equal. Now, this is historically speaking, the last 20, 30, 40 years, it's gotten really, really lost. But I was really hoping that Steele would be the one. Well, Republican Party is anti-immigrant. Well, A, I'm sure there are some people out there that are anti-immigrant, but we don't deal with them. We don't talk about them. Let them have their own thing, okay? But the majority of us common sense Americans, we're not anti-immigrant. We're aware of the fact that we come from a nation that's built of immigrants, okay, built by immigrants. We are opposed to illegality, illegal entry. If we break a law, we do the time. We face punishment. These individuals come here illegally. They get benefits. They get welfare, food stamps, this, that, disability in Pennsylvania if you can't speak English, for Christ's sake, okay? So we're against illegal, illegal, I don't know what to call them immigrants, or illegal aliens, okay? But the general theme is the Republican Party is anti-immigrant. Well, first off, the Republican Party has sure as hell never taken some type of hardline stance on border security, have they? Or did I miss something? Now, I, I, during the Bush administration, George Bush, I'm one of those individuals that there's a lot of people out there that would disagree with me and, you know, and have their own beliefs, and I respect them for it, and that's fine. Being somebody who lost family in 9-11, I was grateful that we had a commander-in-chief like George Bush that actually didn't appease, didn't cower, and went after the enemy, faced the enemy. I respected him. Now, his shortcomings, though, were our borders secured under him? No. After the greatest attack this country has ever seen, ever known, ever felt, still our borders go unsecure. And I'm not just talking about our southern border. I'm talking about our northern border as well. So to say that the Republican Party is anti-immigrant is just a fallacy in and of itself because it's never been the case. They don't take any hardline stance in supporting somebody that is, you know, pro-immigration enforcement. Never been the case. Never will be the case, most likely. But I was hoping that Michael Steele would be the one to say the Republican Party has always been the accepting party, has been the party that thought that everybody is equal. That's what I was hoping for. Have we gotten it? No. No. And that's a shame. I don't see anything new from the Republican Party. I don't see anything new, a new agenda, new strategy. It's the same. It's the same as before, except more people are pissed off from Democrats right now. That's it. Now, I don't want to sound like any MSNBC jackass, because I'm not one of them, believe me. I'm still a registered Republican, but I'm an independent thinker. Then I look at the independent parties, and, of course, they don't stand a chance of hell, unfortunately. I mean, you have somebody, a true patriot like Shalene Nightingale running for governor in California, and, and, and obviously Tom Tancredo running for governor in Colorado, running under the Constitution Party ticket. Now, that brings me to something, too. The Constitution Party, I don't understand why they're so blacklisted 
why they're so ignored. I don't understand why a party that adheres strictly to the Constitution would be considered bad. I don't know. Something's wrong there. Wait a minute. We have a caller. Everybody hang on. Caller. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, how you doing, uh, VOP? This is um, Big Sarge. I'm in your chat room. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. I'm um, I'm a resident Arizonan, so I want to um, comment on your whole 1070 thing. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. As a matter of fact, uh, we run a show called Rules of Engagement. We do Immigration Fridays, and um, <clears throat> most of it's on the, the whole 1070 uh, uh, thing that's going on right now. And I think... Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger said it the best. He just gave a speech not long ago, and, and this guy now, uh, people, you know, say, "Oh, well, he's a Republican, so you're automatically going to automatically go with him." But no, he's right. He's right on this. He's an immigrant, so he can speak from this perspective. Uh, not that we can't, but you know, he has a, he he has firsthand experience with it because you know he came over here. Correct. He said the main reason he says people that come into America that immigrate into America need to to realize that they need to assimilate themselves into American society, American culture, the American way of life. They need to learn the language. They need to become Americans, not just when it benefits them. And he says the Mexican population, he says most of it, the illegals that come across, don't want to assimilate themselves into the American culture. You know, he goes, I don't know why. He says, I'm an American. He says, Austria is my second. Austria is my second home now. He says I'm an American. I love America. I don't know why they wouldn't. He goes, but I'm just talking from my personal opinion. But he's right. He's 110 percent right. Yeah. No, he, he he really is, and that's and that's the problem. You know, and again, I gotta I gotta say myself and Dan Amato, Diggers Realm, we and Ruth Miller, everybody, we were all out there for the big rally on June 5th there in Phoenix. And I love your state. Coming from Pennsylvania, it was so great to be out there with all you. Great, great well, I'm originally from Thank Pennsylvania. You. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm a veteran, so I ended up getting out of the military and getting uh, staying over here in Arizona. Uh, thank you for your service, and God bless you. But, you know, I, I got to say that I don't understand, and I, again, I totally went off track here, and I do apologize to you and everybody else listening. I, the next show, we will get into the Agenda 21 thing. I'm sorry. But nevertheless, I, I don't see what the big debate is. I mean, what is so hard about assimilating the American way of life? If you want to come to America to better yourself, to better your life, then be an American. Don't be a business. Don't be somebody who's a part-time American. Be an American. Right. Be a citizen of this country. You could be a Democrat, you could be a progressive, you could be a conservative, whatever. That's how you can take out your little petty grievances and rights or whatever, however you want it. But I'm tired of the pendulum. We constantly, excuse me, we constantly and consistently bend over backwards to, to give to people coming from other countries, to give because they have a struggle, they have a hardship. Well, what the hell do we have? Are right. we struggling? Aren't we suffering? Look at your state. Look at what happened in Arizona. I mean, there's a state, a border overrun, the kidnapping, the crime. And there you have somebody step up and said, you know what? We need to do the job the federal government won't do. And what do you get? Mm-hmm. You get the federal government suing a state for trying to enforce federal law. I mean, 
do you see a problem here? I know you get it. Do people out there get it? No, you know, it's, it's, a lot of the people around here do. They agree. They agree with it, and that's what. And it, it's just another thing the administration's failing to see that the people want this. They need this. I mean, it's something that's very important to us, especially now that you know we got Hezbollah sitting down in um, who knows how many terrorism camps they got down in South America. I mean, that we we know of two, but who knows how many more? You know, and yeah. it's just a matter of time before they start coming through our border. Exactly, and that's what I get to yelling. Myself and Dan and Milo actually have a conversation about this, and, and really, I mean, if you're, excuse me, if you don't want to talk about illegal immigration, illegal alien invasion, okay, then talk about it for what it is. It's a national security issue. It's a crisis. It is an invasion and an incursion, and I'm tired of these groups saying there's 12 million illegals. There's 40 to 50 million illegal aliens in this country, and tell me how we can say that we're a safe nation and we're accountable and and, you know, we know that nothing's going on. We don't even know these people. They do hide in the shadows. They hide in the shadows from us. But they're out there every day. I mean, you have, right. you have towns like it's our friends in San Antonio, Texas. You know, an open sanctuary city. Sanctuary cities in the United States of America. I mean, come on. They should, they should be outlawed, and those, uh, those towns should be held accountable. If there's a sheriff in that town, he should be fired. Exactly. You know, we, we need a sheriff to know our pile for the for every county, I believe, in this country, because, you know, it's, it's just, it's sickening. It is absolutely, repulsively sickening that people don't get it. And now, Arizona was a big issue, a big issue in the summer. How often do you hear Arizona spoken about in the news now? In the national debate with the elections coming up, who's talking about immigration? Do you know of anybody? I don't. No. No. I mean, it's and, amazing. And, and, and it, I'm sorry, go ahead, Vio. No, go ahead, go ahead. And, and what really ticks me off about this whole election thing, just you know, since you're on that subject, McCain, who's been in office a gazillion years here in Arizona, who I think is a crackpot, <clears throat> didn't give a crap about the border this whole time. And now all of a sudden that it's a popular subject, he's got all these commercials out, you know, about how oh we believe in the security of your border and we're supporting Jan Brewer. Now it's good for Jan Brewer, but you know we're behind you 110 percent. I'm sitting there thinking, well, where the hell were you 10 years ago? Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what I was talking about. I mean, you know, people are just saying whatever is opportune at the moment, that's it. That's all they care about. That's why I think the elections of 2012 are ten times more pivotal than 2010, because then we have the chance that all these people that claim to be the Tea Party candidates claim to have all these issues at, the, at their heart, their core, and they lie their way in using the people's passion, we have a chance to get them the hell out of office, get them out of Congress, whatever, in 2012. You know, that is what we need to focus on. In 2010, we're going to see, you'll see some good, but you'll see a lot of bad. It's an unfortunate thing, but it's guaranteed to happen. You know, and we need to stop waiting for an issue to become, oh, it's in the news. It's something that, oh, everybody's talking about it, so we've got to talk about it, too. No. Talk about yeah. it all. You want to serve this country. You want to serve the people, people of your district, of your state and office, whether it be local, state, or federal, then address all the damn issues out there facing the people of this country. Because if you don't, then in my opinion, you're a fraud, you're a liar, and you're a coward. And that's yeah. the bottom line. You know? And yeah, I, I agree with you 110%. You said something about Joe Arpaio that I, I definitely agree with you on that as well. I mean, this is a guy, and just a, he's a Maricopa County Sheriff, okay? This is just one county in Arizona. 
He has one-third of all the immigration deportations of the national average, one-third. And that's just yeah. coming from one county. What does that tell you about your federal agencies? Exactly. <laughs> you know, the now, I'm not saying that Border Patrol isn't doing a great job. They're doing a good job. They're doing the best job that they can, but they just don't have the funding and the people to do it, and the federal government's not giving it to them. Correct. And they don't, they don't have the support of the federal government. I mean, now, let's be honest, we have federal agencies being dedicated to watching people like you or I that may attend the rally or hold the rally. You know? Come on. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's they just gave, wrong. I think, the immigration enforcement um, sector, which is Border Patrol, ICE, and, and DEA, or not DEA, uh, uh, some other little uh, a, uh, immigration agencies, they just gave them $600 million. But I'm sitting here thinking $600 million. And the majority of that, which is about 80%, is going to uh, all the uh, uh, human resource development and, and uh, administration development type things rather than going to where the money should go, which means, you know, the actual Border Patrol is probably only going to get a couple million dollars. It's not going to do anything. Exactly. They'll be, left, they'll be left hanging out there, not having what they need to protect us from the dangers that lie on the other side of our border or even in our, you know. It's, it's pathetic, and I'm sorry, we do have another caller online here, just so you know. All right, well, thanks, VOP. I appreciate you having me on. And thank you. And, hey, if you have a chance, check out our next show starts in seven minutes. It's on libertyandfreedomradio.net from 6 to 7, the streaming live. So if you have a chance, check it out. Please call in anytime. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Hello? Hey there, Dan. This is uh, Ruth. Hey, Ruth Miller, everybody. It's- <laughs> I wanted to add to your I, I, conversation. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, as, as far as the illegal immigration, there's a new perspective that I have, of course, with the Agenda 21 information I've discovered. But what I want to make clear to everybody is it's easy to hate employers. And the Meg Whitman dilemma brings to light that they want us to hate employers. And they make it nearly impossible to comply as an employer and make sure that you are not hiring illegal aliens. And I think that's something that people don't realize. They hear, oh, they hired illegal aliens. They're bad. And that is what they want. Yep. Oh, you're 100% right. Yeah, and that's uh, Michael that Cutler. Are. Yeah, Michael Cutler just sent out a mail today. Very, very good detail about how difficult it is for employers to comply by design so that in, in Meg Whitman's case, this uh, housekeeper used a fake ID. Yeah. And she did receive a no-match letter, what, seven years ago. However, I remember the illegal alien lobby, the pro-illegal alien lobby, getting very upset about the use of no-match letters, even. Mm-hmm. Now they're turning yeah. around and, and holding up that letter as an example of Meg Whitman's crime. Yeah. I think they can't have it both ways. <laughs> oh, you're 100% right. You know, and again, they're trying to divert and divide and, and kindly talk about whatever they want to talk about at the moment to best get over. And it's it's pathetic. You know, yeah, I, well, their, their goal is say, to attack business. They they want well, to attack course. business and and make it difficult for businesses to comply. Yep. And that's and part of Agenda 21, which is another topic. <laughs> Yes. Now I gotta I gotta say this. All right. So everybody out there that is listening, because I know we have more than what you on the chat room, but now 
Ruth Miller will be holding over for our next show, actually, which will be airing, uh, streaming live on libertyandfreedomradio.net, and it's brought to you by repatriateradio.com. And that will be on from, well, in five minutes we start that one. That's on from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time, and that's 3 to 4 Pacific. Just so if everybody can has enough time and enough patience to switch over and listen to that, we'd greatly appreciate it because that's going to be the show we're going to talk about Agenda 21. I'm sorry, Ruth. I, I went off on a million different issues here. I just, uh, you know me. I bloviate. No problem. I was busy. <laughs> I, was I, also, I was unavailable. <laughs> well, there, it worked out good. But, um, you know, honestly, I think that just from you telling me what you told me the other night and just from you and others just educating me on this and then taking the time. I, I, I must have been up for like 36 hours or something straight, you know, going – going through all the stuff about Agenda 21 and learning as much as I possibly can about it. And it's scary. It is scary. Now, Yes, it is. Well, you guys scared me with what you told me. And then I actually went deeper, and my God, you know, I, 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 I feel bad because I heard about it once upon a time and never, never done anything of it, you know? I didn't. Know I'm the same boat. I'm in the same boat, Dan. I heard, yeah. I heard murmurs, and of course Alex Jones, and then everybody, and yeah. they got uh, marginalized. Oh, that's just silly. That's you know world domination plot. Yeah, right. Well, <clears throat> uh, we'll go into this more in the other show. But when I looked yeah. into it and realized that it is actually happening in our local governments, and I see the, I see the tentacles of it. Uh, the UN actually has infiltrated our government at the local level. Right through an international group, which we'll go into more. So it's not just a theory. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. It's very true. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, all right. So, Ruth, and everybody listening, I'm sorry. I do have to end this just a couple minutes early here because I am going to switch over to Liberty and Freedom Radio. So if you wouldn't mind, Ruth, we're going to, okay. <laughs> we're going to jump See over. See you on the other side. So. All right. Okay. Thank you much. All right. And, Everybody out there listening, again, I cannot thank you all enough for participating and getting involved. And I'll actually focus more on the chat room on the next show. So we have more shows coming. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. So I actually have an America Rising show and a VOP America Rising show just to get more time, basically. And then our friends at Liberty and Freedom Radio and Block um, Repatriate Radio are gracious enough to give us our show a week as well. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this show and putting up with me for the last hour. I'm going to leave you now a little bit early because i got to go over to the next show. And again, libertyandfreedomradio.net, streaming live, Voice of the People Radio, starting in two minutes' time. So I thank you all. God bless you all. And I look forward to speaking with all of you again soon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm done. I'm out. So I will be here with another one. Take care, guys. Thank you. Now that's a parking spot. Introducing the I may have underestimated the size of my car policy with accident forgiveness from American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote. Find an agent. Visit AmFam.com. Optional policy features not included in base policies. Review policy for coverages and exclusions. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.